Welcome along to another episode of What the Feck is Going On with me, Mike Hogan. And this time around, it's all about solar flares. Anything space related, I must say, does fascinate me. And I'm sure, pre-warning here, that this may be the first of many space related What the Feck is Going On episodes. And the reason I want to do a podcast on solar flares is because I came across a Twitter post from NASA. And it was the most amazing footage of a solar flare taking place. And it just blew me away. Now, I've heard bits and pieces about solar flares over the last while and how they could potentially affect us here on Earth, and particularly how they could affect our reliance on technology. So no better man to have a chat to than David Moore. David Moore is the founder of Astronomy Ireland, a fantastic organisation. And I've spoken to David actually over the years because he is kind of the go-to guy when it comes to space-related stuff in Ireland. And I gave David a shout and I asked him, what the feck is going on with solar flares? Well, basically, they're giant explosions on the sun. On the Earth, we have a solid surface, a few volcanoes perhaps, but nothing like what happens on the sun. These explosions are caused by magnetic fields because the whole surface of the sun is a seething plasma. That's something so hot that individual atoms get stripped down to ions and all kinds of crazy things go on. And when magnetic fields, huge magnetic fields combine, they can force matter together at ridiculous speeds that produce intense temperatures and explosions that blast material, billions of tons of material, out toward the Earth. And your average solar flare is more powerful than the entire world's nuclear arsenal. And they go off all the time, probably every few days on average. And fortunately, we're so far away from the sun that only the really big ones that are aimed straight at us have any effect on us. And the smaller ones are just pretty fireworks this place to watch through the space telescopes we have, which monitor the sun 24 hours a day these days. I have to admit, David, I had no idea these solar flares happen so frequently. And when I initially called you to set this interview up, you did tell me, in fairness, that they not only happen so frequently, but the public has access to the satellite monitoring information of these flares. Is that right? Yes, the, the two main telescopes surveying the sun are taking pictures non-stop from space where it's never going to be cloudy, are SOHO, the Solar Heliospheric Observatory, and SDO, the Solar Dynamic Observatory, which is the more recent one. And it takes pictures every 10 seconds of the sun. So I've heard a lot recently about how solar flares could affect our reliance on technology here on Earth. It's something that freaks a lot of people out. Maybe it's just me. Is it possible or is that just an irrational fear, I suppose? Well, yes, it is possible because if the solar flare is aimed straight at the Earth, almost like being shot with, uh, with a gun, in fact, a rifle. And we can actually see the material heading towards us, and we usually get 24 to 48 hours notice that it's on the way. And mo- we, when we watch these flares crackling off all the time, they usually head to the left or right of the Earth, if, if you can imagine the view as seen from space, and they miss us altogether. And, of course, there are big flares and small flares, and most of them are small. And then occasionally a big one will happen and we'll get the northern lights display that can be seen only about 1% of the nights can it actually be seen from this far south. And sometimes it'll go even further south in Ireland. And maybe once in a hundred years, you can see it from the tropics. Uh, places like Miami have reported seeing it. Now, if one of those goes off, unfortunately one hasn't gone off aimed at us recently, that could destroy satellites. It builds up electrical charges inside their systems and can basically short them out. And there have been some satellites that have failed due to solar flares. These days, we're more aware of the problem, but the giant flare could still zap some of the satellites that we need for everyday living. That's, you know, modern day world, we don't realize 
how heavily dependent on technology it is. For instance, we all expect to go into the supermarkets and see the shelves full of goods, but a lot of those goods are perishable. There's a very intricate transportation system and even agricultural system way behind all that that's planning to have that food on those shelves every day. And if it were to all fall down, they reckon there's about three days food in the world and then the vast majority of the population of the earth starve. So we are very dependent on technology. Absolutely, yeah. And how scientifically can it affect us here? Is it to do with our magnetic fields, the sheer power of the radiation, or how does that work? It's mostly to do with the, with the radiation itself. The magnetic field plays a part in that the Earth's magnetic field channels most of the radiation coming from the sun. And that's good because most of the severe radiation ends up affecting areas that people don't live and work. And you can occasionally have jet aircraft that are due to fly over the North Atlantic uh, going to the USA from Europe uh, that do get postponed or delayed um, because of solar radiation. We were watching one fantastic display of the northern lights on one of our trips to Norway where they're best seen. And that there was one explosion on the sun, one of the flares. It sent material towards the earth. It, it was aimed at us and the aircraft were grounded for a few hours, the transatlantic aircraft routes. So that's happened in, that was uh, I think about five years ago. It's probably happened many times since, but they're so used to it these days that the aircraft people are monitoring the sun. They use the, the solar scientists to do this, and, and they'll postpone flights if necessary. It won't necessarily make the news anymore. And David, did I read correctly before that whatever cycle we're currently in, that the solar flares are becoming less powerful, is that right? Yeah, the, the, sun, the sun's magnetic field uh, gets wrapped around the sun. It actually spins. We spin every 24 hours, but the sun takes about a month to spin once on its axis. And it's not a solid ball of rock like the Earth is. It's a big sort of fluid ball of gas. And so the central part, the equator of the sun, spins faster than the poles. So they get ahead and they drag the magnetic fields with them, stretching them out. And you can imagine it's like winding up an elastic band around this stick. And eventually the elastic band gets wound too tight and snaps. And when all this reconfiguring goes on, it's a bit more complicated than an elastic band. So when it happens on the sun, it takes about 11 years for that process to happen. The magnetic field starts snapping, producing lots of flares, lots of sunspots, lots of interesting activity on the sun. And we actually get more displays of the northern lights and bursts of this solar radiation coming from these flares that are directed towards the Earth on the sun's facing side of the Earth. So we actually are just coming away, actually a good few years now, from maximum. And we're going into a sort of lean period when there's hardly any sunspots on the sun. And you can look on those two satellite websites I mentioned every day. And you'll see what recently you can actually go back in their archive and look. You'll see there's only been one or two spots, not particularly impressive ones at that, over the last few months, in fact. So it's a very quiet period. And the sun can be totally spotless uh, for weeks, even sometimes months on end around this sort of solar minimum that we get every 11 years. But it's been happening for centuries and we expect you know the next solar maximum will come around and there'll be more sunspots really interesting so you've explained that the solar flares are being monitored now and that things i suppose are being done to try and predict large events etc but is there a possibility that something like the carrington event could happen again the largest solar storm ever recorded or is that again just an irrational fear it's actually become big business these days there are companies now predicting space weather based on, as you say, the records from 1859 when that Carrington event was seen. Uh, and this flare was colossal. There was the most vivid northern light seen, not just over the Arctic areas, but also northern Europe 
and then southern Europe, and then right the way down to the southern USA. There were reports of aurora, the northern lights, seen from Miami, which is extremely rare. And it's reckoned that an explosion that big that hurled that much material towards the Earth probably only happens once every 100 years. Because 1859 was 150 years ago, 160. So we're another one. And people are just worried that it's going to come at a time when perhaps our systems are not as space-hardened as they should have been. Because once you realize this has happened, you can't just bring down all those billions of euros worth of satellites. Some of them are therefore vulnerable now. The next batch being launched. And it takes several years to design and launch a spacecraft. So it's probably only the ones that are being launched about now could survive uh, the event. Uh, it'll be a, a bit of luck almost in how they're designed. You can shield your spacecraft well, basically with, with metal. Um, there was a spacecraft sent to Jupiter, which has intense radiation all the time around. And they put that inside a one centimeter thick titanium box to keep the radiation away from its electronics so it could swoop close to Jupiter. The problem is a lot of old satellites still out there in space. And as we learn more about these events, uh, and sometimes you just have to wait for them to happen to figure out what kind of electronics works best, what the best shielding systems. So some satellites are probably going to get zapped, but as long as the majority don't, we'll be more or less okay on the Earth. And now we're more aware of it. We can launch space-hardened satellites. And what happens if we just happen to be extremely unlucky and get a one-in-a-million-year event when we get one that's 10 times more powerful than the Carrington event. You know, it is. we are living in a shooting gallery. The chances are very, very, very slim. But there's always a small possibility that could happen. There have even been science fiction movies based on it. If this monster sun flare reaches the Earth, complete destruction. So there you go, that was David Moore from Astronomy Ireland. So all my fears are kind of confirmed. It could happen. And by the way, Astronomy Ireland have a public lecture about Ireland's involvement in the prediction of solar flares on March 12th. Depending on when you're listening to this podcast, that may be well over. But if not, you should head along. Everybody is welcome, David says. And you can get details on astronomy.ie. So there you go, that's it for another episode of What the Feck is Going On. I'll have another question that I'll be pondering very soon. If you want to follow updates from the podcast, check out at WhatTheFeckPod on Twitter. You can check out my own individual Twitter account, which is at MikeHoganMedia. And you can email us if you have a question you'd like me to explore and you're wondering to yourself, what the feck is going on with that? It's WhatTheFeckPodcast at gmail.com. Until the next time, see ya. See ya.